Welcome back to the Proactive Studio. Centara CEO Gary Phillips joins me this morning to discuss the extension of indications with lead drug SNT5505 and a new phase two study. Gary, good to see you. Now, before we get into the details of the trial, can you give us a broad overview of the work Centara is doing, in particular with the lead drug? Sure. Um, so uh, those of you who have been following Centara will know that you know, we very recently uh, sold off a, uh, a factory facility and a, and a commercial business, um, you know, turning what was Pharmaxis into Centara, which is now a, a company with 25 people dedicated to clinical trial research um, and with a with an, a really great um, pipeline with um, uh, now four studies in phase two that are going to produce results in the next 18 months. So it's going to be a really busy time for us and for our shareholders watching the news flow over this period of time. Uh, the lead drug is a, uh, a PAN-LOX inhibitor, so it, it blocks a, a family of enzymes called lysoloxidases. Um, it's already in a, a phase two, an international phase two study of a, uh, a rare kind of bone marrow cancer called myelofibrosis. Um, it's uh, it's it's in uh, Taiwan, Korea, Australia, US sites, and, and it's recruiting in a second part of a study now that's it's covered by uh, an FDA IND as well. So uh, this news today really builds on that foundation stone of that lead drug. So let's talk about that news. Uh, today's mm -hmm. announcement it deals with myelodysplastic syndrome. Can you yeah. give us an idea of what that is and why you're interested in it? Yeah, myelodysplastic syndrome is often just shortened to MDS. I think most people sort of um, they sort of get the the acronym of that. It's otherwise it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, blood cancers are you know one of the on the rise really globally. Um, the second leading cause of death in Australia, um, for example, from cancers. Um, and MDS is a significant subset of those blood cancers, um, and it and it it really comes from you know. Uh, uh, abnormal tissue growth um, within the bone marrow, um, which can lead to um, cytopenia, so reductions in in cell counts, particularly red cells. Um, and there's this, several different grades. So there's kind of low, intermediate risk, and high risk MDS. Um, but all of them struggle with the same thing. And the uh, the treatments at the moment that are available, um, are, there is a chemotherapy, uh, hypermethylating agents, which are used in some patients. And they help those patients a bit, but the side effects, the tolerability of them is pretty nasty. And most patients can't tolerate them very long, which means that the overall life expectancy of these patients um, in this kind of low intermediate risk areas is about, you know, five years. There's only, you know, you've got a survival rate of about 30, 30 just over 30%. So it really is an area of really high unmet need. And that was why, uh, and it kind of fits alongside myelofibrosis, which we're already studying with this drug. So the same clinicians that we're talking to about myelofibrosis pointed us towards MDS and said, look, you know, the, what about this as well? Um, so that was really why we we got ourselves interested in the, in, in the first place. And of course, you can't do the work alone. You're working in conjunction with, with several partners and Australian groups. Um, how did those partnerships come about and what are you doing with them? Well, it really started with um, the publication in Nature uh, of uh, some of the preclinical work that we were doing with a group in Germany. So they, they have been long-term collaborators, got an excellent preclinical model of, uh, of MDS. And when you give our drug in combination with the hypermethylating agent in, in a model which uses 
the cells from an MDS patient grafted into uh, a mouse model, um, you see an almost immediate increase in the red cells. So it was a, it was quite a dramatic finding. It's the kind of gold standard model that you use for investigating MDS and potential treatments. So to see that kind of uplift in red cells quite quickly when you combine these two drugs together was quite a novel finding. Um, it obviously attracted nature and we got the, the, the public, the paper was accepted there for publication. That's a really high impact journal, which only accepts the best research. So we had a poster on that at the American Society of Hematology um, in 2022. Um, and it was there I got together with the ALG, um, the Australian Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, Group and uh, Professor Agnetti. Um, and Professor Agnetti is the lead clinical researcher for the ALLG um, in MDS. Um, again, was very, you know, liked the the, the preclinical work that we'd done. We, we we met again back in Australia. It was a strange place to be meeting up. Australians all meeting in uh, in New Orleans, as it was. Um, and uh, from that point on, it was clear that there was a really high unmet need in Australia. Um, that there was a need for new drugs. There's no approved treatments for these groups to sort of save them from the uh, from the, the continuous transfusions they have to have. Um, and um, and that that spurred a, a grant application to the uh, the Australian government and the uh, the MMRF uh, scheme. So it you know it was delighted to get the um, uh, the grant. And really, um, you know, privileged to be working with the ALG, which are, a, a, you know, they, they're they a clinical trials group network, which covers all haematologists in Australia. So they, they, they reach into all the hospital centres, run more than 160 trials already. So working with them and Professor Agnetti is, uh, is really a, a, a great privilege and uh, really looking forward to getting the study going. So you mentioned that unmet need there. Um, can you talk a little bit about that a little bit more about that and and the commercial perspective or aspects that that come into that yeah so you know we're we're in myelofibrosis and um the the results from the the study that we've done so we've 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 put that drug in as a monotherapy in those patients as a first step um, as is sort of the normal route that the fda take you down and um and we've showed two things one is that the drug is incredibly well tolerated um, no serious adverse events at all in the patients that we've studied um, and encouraging signs of efficacy. So we're starting to see stable or improved blood counts, um, stable or improved um, symptom scores. Um, and, and this is after six months of treatment with these patients. So that led us then to going on with the FDA and, and agreeing to end myelofibrosis to use in combination with the lead drug, which is a JAK inhibitor in myelofibrosis. Um, now, Myelofibrosis has attracted a lot of interest. Um, there's clearly a need for combination drugs there to try and improve the patient's situation. And that's attracted some of the largest pharma companies to try and build pipelines in that area. And there's been a lot of uh, acquisitions in recent times. Uh, in fact, only last week, um, uh, Novartis, a very large multinational pharma company, acquired another company with a drug which has finished phase three it's not yet approved in myelofibrosis they paid 2.4 billion for it last week so it's an area which is attracting a lot of the commercial attention myelodysplastic syndrome mds is actually a larger market than myelofibrosis and is less competitive in clinical development so there are less drugs in development the ones that have been in development most of them have actually failed within the last couple of years so there's a real 
I think, an opportunity in MDS to add to the indication in myelofibrosis we already have. I think it will attract a lot more interest um, to the drug because it can work in both indications. Uh, and we're hoping that we'll develop, you know, the, the data we'll get from that will come in the same kind of time frame as the myelofibrosis phase two study as well. So um, it, it really is uh, an alignment, a strengthening of the asset, um, uh, the commercial offering for it obviously helping two different groups of patients, um, same customer group in terms of the hematologists and a, a potential strategic interest from companies which are interested across these indications. They're not just focused just on one. They, they'd like to build um, pipelines which which have activity in both, both diseases. Gary, you mentioned the two phase two studies there, but there's two others as well that you're uh, mm. doing currently. How does it all work out from a, a cash and timing point of view? Yes, that's a, that's a, a great question. And, um, you know, we raised uh, $10 million uh, just before the end of last year. Um, and uh, I think, you know, Centara shareholders are getting a great um, value for their investment, um, the opportunity for, the, for their investment over the next 18 months, because most of those funds will be used to deliver the myelofibrosis study. Uh, we expect to have that fully recruited um, by the middle of this year um, and interim data by the end of the year. So really you know, a, a real opportunity with the news flow coming throughout the year with that. Um, so the majority of the funds go there. The The MDS study, we're adding on um, the grant from the Australian government and the fact that it's being done by the ALG as an, as a, an independent clinical trials network means it's a really cost-effective study. So that's that's going to cost Sintara $700,000 over the next three years as the study runs through the early first stage and the second stage. So that that's a really, uh, you know, we've added on another indication for the main asset with, with little impact on the budget. The um, uh, sleep disorder stroke Parkinson's disease study that we're running with a, a drug called uh, SNT4728, is funded entirely by the Parkinson's UK organization. They they funded it to the tune of over five five million Australian dollars. So that's going to be delivered by the middle of 25 uh, with no impact on the budget. And then we're running a study in, in Burns Scarring um, with uh, Professor Fiona Wood in Perth. Again, that's an investigator-initiated study and is a, a, a relatively cost-effective study. So all those four studies done with the pro forma cash we had in December, which was 13 million, that gives us the runway to get through all of those four studies through to the middle of next year. So um, yeah, it's a it's an astonishing uh, turnaround in terms of where we were a couple of years back to the amount of progress we've made with the pipeline and the amount of data that we deliver. And you know, phase two data is really where it's at when it comes to valuation with biotech companies. So we, I think we've put ourselves in a very good position with lots of shots on goal for the money that we already have raised. No need to go back to the, to the investors again. Gary, thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thanks very much, Jonathan.